Welcome to Two Brain Radio. We have a very special episode and a very special guest for you this week. We are sitting down with Daniel Purrington of Woodslawn Fitness in Portland, Oregon. We're coming at you from the Tinker Meetup in Dallas, Texas. You were my first interview of the weekend, so thank you for laying on the sword and the grenade. Oh, yeah. And, and making content that helps uh, the Two Brain community out. Yeah, happy to help. I'm, uh, I'm excited to talk to you. So I gave you a brief little intro. We've been going back and forth a little bit getting into the interview. For people who are unfamiliar with your gym, maybe give us a quick rundown of what your gym is, the type of training you do. Yeah, so we have a, a relatively small gym in, in uh, southwest Portland. Uh, we started out as a CrossFit gym about five years ago. And over the course of COVID and you know the, the recent three or four years, we've pivoted much more to a personalized model in a semi-private model. So we do probably about 30% in our uh, CrossFit classes and the rest uh, makeup is through private training, semi-private training and hybrid. And what were you doing pre-COVID? Was it all large group, like traditional CrossFit model? Yeah. I mean, we always had class caps because my space, so to give you an idea, my, my primary location is under 2,000 square feet with usable of like 1,100. So we always had a size limitation we're really fortunate in that I took the space because I got 30 parking lot parking spaces with it. And as you can imagine, that came in super handy in COVID where so much so as we actually built an outside gym full, you know, coverings and pull-up bars and the whole thing. But when COVID hit, people really didn't want to be around groups. And so we started to to be honest sit down and listen to people a little bit more and they they told us more and more and more about what they wanted. And not that it wasn't CrossFit, but they wanted a little bit more personalization. So as the mandate started to lift, we started to see our model needed to shift to kind of support what people were telling us. And that's that's kind of how we got to where we are now. So when I hear my first gym, we were around 2,000 square feet, 1,400 usable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm very familiar with the difficulties of operating what we call like a submarine. You know, the yep. equi- you have to be very mindful of the equipment, the programming, all those things. Yeah. Uh, where do you cap out in terms of membership when you were doing like that large group model? Yeah, I mean, so we had, I mean, we always capped our classes around 12, except for on the weekends, which we strategically do partner workouts and we can open that cap up to 16 and 18. But we do find, interestingly enough, around that 150, 160 mark is about as much as we can handle. Logistics, like you mentioned in the submarine, is critical. So as we diversified, we really had to be conscious of where the group class was going to go, where it flowed, have that not interfere with some of the other things. And so working in that small space while limiting actually got us better. Yeah, because you really have to be mindful about the service you're delivering the programming you're doing and then i'm sure your coaches are familiar with drawing out class plans like where the rowers go when you got a full class or anything like that so talk to me a little bit about how you're packaging pricing your services right because one of the reasons why we want to talk to you is that you are doing crossfit slightly differently than the rest of the affiliate community and Mm -hmm. what i mean by that is a very large 
uh, percentage of your revenue comes from, you call it semi-private, correct? Right. There's a yep. small group and semi-private, but but you identify as semi-private. Yep. Yep. Okay, so so explain what that is. Give me a, a little rundown there and then tell me how you kind of package and price your, sure. your services. Yeah, so the way that we define semi-private is we do six-on-one training sessions and we run those in eight-week blocks. So we specifically focus on something for eight weeks. We started out with some glute work or some upper body work, and we kind of package that out through that. It's the same six people, upfront charge. That's that's how that runs. Our hybrid program is what we consider our two-on-one or our three-on-one training, and that's what we pair with our group classes. Our semi-private, which just continually rolls and rolls, like the, the first two semi-privates we started two and a half years ago are still running. And if I were to think real hard, I bet you 70% of the people are still in that same thing. They just turn over and turn over and turn over in that. And so the price point has gone up as we've raised our rates. So right now for our 16 session semi-private block, it's 549 per person. It's all upfront. And a lot of those people are coupling that with additional private training and or working out with our group classes, both of which are are added on top of the membership. If I was at my computer, I would be working the calculator really quick mm-hmm. to get the session rate. What, what yeah. does that come out to about per for session? The, for the semi-private, it's right around $38 a session in our six-on-one environment. What it's really important to me with that semi-private program is we can give people what they want specifically. But to be honest, more importantly, I'm paying coaches $92, $94 a session. So one hour work, I'm paying coaches about three times of what we can pay them for a general class. And they're able to build a relationship. So not only am I stabilizing my revenue stream, but I'm making careers more stable for these folks. So I am controlling my length of engagement with coaches and not just length of engagement with my athletes. And you said you're thinking about it in eight week blocks, Mm -hmm. right? And, and you said it'll have a focus. So it's like this eight weeks, we're, we're building booty. This eight weeks, we're exactly. building arms. Yep. And, and so that'll rotate. And then people can just opt in or opt out based off of whether they, they want to do that. Yep. Yeah. And so we are strategic. So once we get people in, we have a set point. So we use GLM, which is great to have connection points of them when we want because we just put tags on them like Dan semi-private 6 a.m. They're going to get some built out things we have for them. But week six, we approach the class and say, we've got two weeks left. Next week, we're going to do this. The week after, we're going to retest everything. This is what I'm seeing as the coach that you all would benefit from. Is there something specific that you want to work on? So we're engaging them. They get three to five days to say, I'm in. They get an email that comes out after that conversation that happens that says, you know, I've had a great time with you. This is what our focus is coming up. Smash this button. Send me your in. If you don't, we're going to open this up to the general population. And so if we lose a person in there, we're already actively searching for the next person. So there's a bit of scarcity to it. You know, once, yep. once you lose your spot, someone else is going to pop in there mm-hmm. yeah. and spots rarely become available. And right. so yeah. people naturally like want to hold fear of losing, you know, fear of missing out. They want to hold on to that. Yeah. Yeah. And so you said you'll pair that with what you called hybrid, which is two-on-one or three-on-one training, right? Yep. And so how, how is that priced out? So we use, um, similar to the to the Tomb Brain model, we do uh, 25% off for our two-on-one and our three-on-one training. So essentially, you know, person A will buy an eight-pack, person B will buy an eight-pack. 
and they'll get 25% off when they train together. The reason that we do two, two and three at the same price is so that if we have a three-on-one and one person doesn't show, we still can run that session and that's okay because we're at the same discounted rate. We don't discount our class memberships for that though. Like if they want to add a class membership in, that stays at the, the standard rate. The only discount we do is for the uh, two-on-one and the three-on-one training. So if a personal training session's 100 bucks an hour, you mm-hmm. say, hey, John, why don't you train with Chris? And you're both going to pay 75 an hour instead of 100, yep, right? Exactly. So I'm understanding that. So instead of 100 for the personal training, you're making 150 as the gym. And as the client, you're getting 25 bucks off and you get to train with somebody presumably that you like. Yep. Yeah. We're strategic about that too. We don't... Well... We recently built out a private, semi-private on-ramp, which we started about three months ago that is geared specifically to pair people up throughout an on-ramp. But before that, we were trialing it out and essentially like, hey, you each have one session left. Let's try to train together. And if this is cool, then we're going to continue on that. So it was a little bit cumbersome in the beginning of pairing people up that weren't friends. And so we kind of worked through some of that a little bit and have have figured out a, a better way to target that. Got it. And so what is your PT session rate? That's a good question. So we do 45-minute sessions. We're around $72 a session for a 45-minute session. So it's about double what you're charging for your semi-private. Yep. It's exactly double. That uh, I love math. And so the way we set up the semi-private is the cost to do 16 semi-private sessions is the same cost to do eight one-on-one private training sessions. And then let's uh, let's go further. Then what what is the group cost? So our unlimited model, which is the only model that's available to you unless you do personal training, is two hundred. Okay, and that's as many classes as you can feast on group. Yep, yep, just group in. classes. Yep. yep, and we do. I mean, included that would be your ninety day goal review, which we have, which is where we pull a lot of our semi private and two on one and three on one people from is from the goal reviews. But yeah. Like it comes net like, hey, John, you've been trying to get a muscle up for mm-hmm. eight weeks now. You've been coming to group, but maybe let's work on this a little bit one-on-one yep. and yeah. kind of naturally flows into that. Yeah. And I think this is uh, something I was talking to uh, the, the West Coast uh, CrossFit repper about the semi-private program uh, about a month and a half ago. And I think one thing that we do very differently than your traditional CrossFit gym is we actually don't dig into the skills as much. Like people talk about doing a double under one or a muscle up one, and we go a little bit more towards the strength stuff. And we don't talk about the movements. We actually talk about the body parts. So we'll say we're going to do a glute hypertrophy. We're going to you know, this is how we're going to do this. And we're going to do it through a hip thrust. And like, that's the last thing in the conversation. And that has really changed the way people have responded to, you know, some of our, some of our emails and conversations and things like that. Cause most of your membership, I would guess is gen pop. Like, are you targeting uh, suburban moms or you yeah. know, you're in an urban, are you in an urban area yeah. or suburban? I was yeah. Say. Yeah. We're, so we're 35 plus, uh, very high level working parents. I mean, we're made up of um, the medical center is about eight minutes from us. Nike's about 15 minutes from us. Intel's Nike's next door neighbor and then attorneys. Like that's who we are. And so we're with a, a clientele base that understands the value of something. So as long as we can show it to them, the financial side of thing isn't necessarily burdensome. 
Sure. So it's just providing that value. And yep, that's the key right there. The problem. Mm-hmm. They, most of them have the, depo- the disposable income to they do to pay yep. a premium price. Yep. So what does that boil down to in terms of top line? Like, what does your membership look like, and and what does the top line look like? I mean, what what are we what are we pulling in every month on average? Yeah. Uh, so right now we're right around forty eight thousand a month. That's that's kind of been our consistent throughout last year, which is a, a big jump from the the previous two years. We missed sixty k in November by like a thousand. We should hit it for January because we turned over five, maybe six semi-private programs. So we're going to have a, a pretty big uh, influx coming in January. So we should hit the the sixty threshold. So. Sounds like you're pushing fifty to sixty out of eleven hundred usable square feet. Yeah. Uh, so we have so we have eleven hundred, and then we have a space next door that's about six hundred, and so we have se- we we have seventeen hundred usable, um, and then we have like our parking lot and stuff. So that's how that'll work. You, I'm, I'm assuming the group happens in the eleven hundred, the six hundreds, where all the semi-private and private and hybrid is yep. going down. Yeah. And a lot of times the group spills out to outside because we still have that all erected, which is nice. That said, during the winter, logistics are critical. I, I had a conversation with a with a, a couple up in New York today and they have about 800 square feet and they're questioning if they could run a six-on-one semi-private. Mondays and Thursdays, AM at 6 AM, I run a six person semi-private and a three on one training session in that 700 square foot space. As long as you can control your logistics and you understand how the programming works and you have that conversation with your coaching staff about having conversations before you get started, you really can, can maximize your square feet, you know, without bumping into each other. And the biggest thing without like diluting the experience of the, of the athlete. Yeah, some spaces are built better for it than others, uh, but it seems like that sweet spot in terms of square footage for that six-on-one experience seems to be around that 1,200-square-foot area, mm-hmm. but I think you can condense it down if you did a well-laid-out uh, yeah. space and were thoughtful about the programming. And yep. So that's cool. Uh, what, what I like about this is... It's space efficient, which I think a lot of people think like a bigger gym is always better. Mm-hmm. But there's been just a movement in the sports performance community to move to smaller spaces and do smaller class sizes, higher costs because you can just have more impact. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I like is the fact that you are still running a CrossFit gym, right? Like you're affiliated, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so you mentioned you're talking with the reps and stuff. Yeah. Um, Do you think this is a model more affiliates could use and benefit from? Yeah, I really hope so. And that's, that's, so I spent about an hour on the phone with Katie Hogan before they, they rolled out a semi-private conversation uh, about two months ago. And I unfortunately had a call during the time there, but I I, uh, DM'd her to ask her if she wanted to converse about that. And that's one of the things that I talked about was CrossFit is is definitely for anyone, but it in the situation or the format that that we see in the in the bigger gym space, it's really intimidating. People also have a challenging time of saying, "How is this going to get me there?" Right, and so by adding this in, I feel like we can still get the community aspect from it. I mean, I love the methodology of CrossFit, but some people need a little bit different and a little bit more specificity. And so we can give them the best of both worlds. And so I think with some focus on 
I'll stay on a little pedestal. With some focus on a no sweat intro where you're sitting down and listening to people and not just letting people coming in and trying a class and starting to really understand why someone's there. Uh, there's a lot of CrossFit gyms that could benefit from the un, from that understanding and saying, okay, we can make you really successful in our group classes two to three days a week. And then we're going to put you in the specific strength block that's going to help you get further towards where you want to go. And you bring up the no sweat intro, which is how you sell. I'm assuming yep. you, all consultative selling. Have, yep. And, and how does that process work with these different offerings? Like how, how is it different than when you were just selling a, a large group and... Yeah, take it or leave it. So I I was fortunate in that. So before I opened my space, I found Two Brain, and so I had been educating myself. I come from the medical community, and and I didn't don't have a fitness background, Um, and so I was able to dig into some of the business and understood that consultative process was critical. So we actually did that since day one. We've actually had an on ramp since day one. It's looked differently throughout the years, but right now. It doesn't matter if you've been doing CrossFit for 10 years or you've never seen a barbell, you come in through a no sweat intro process. And we have that. There's a couple of you know lead generations that we use through our website where we talk to people. Um, and the biggest reason we want to do that is we want to understand why you're there. We want to understand what's worked for you in the past, telling us about your challenges so that we're not assuming that we know what you need. Right, like we want to understand you, and as the experts, we can say, "Okay, now I get where you're at. This is what you can do." Coming into our gym, there's only three ways you can come in. If you've got significant CrossFit experience, and I'm going to put a huge asterisk on this, if you have significant CrossFit experience, then we do. You can come into our class setting. That said, we still talk to you about the on ramp, and a significant portion of people who have CrossFit experience still go through our on ramp. So just because you have somebody coming in that has CrossFit experience, our immediate question is, tell me about your on-ramp process at your old CrossFit gym. Invariably, they did not have one. And then we tell them about ours. And they're like, oh, that sounds pretty awesome. Ours is six weeks in length. It's private training and group classes. So they're going to get a feel of our community. And oftentimes, they come through that. So that's two. And then our third way, which is our newest way, is we have a semi-private and a private training on-ramp where people come in looking for a private training, we don't sell front-end private training. And we do that very deliberately. Just over the years, we've tested some things and we found this works. They train with the goal of getting into a semi-private or a two-on-one or a three-on-one, but we're still starting them in that one-on-one environment, going through where are your challenges, where are you, where are you really focusing on, things of that nature. And what do the price points look like for the different starting packages? Yeah. So our semi-private and our private on-ramp is 900 That one includes, let's see, that one's eight one-on-one training sessions. They get some at-home programming. They get some, uh, they get a, a walking plan and they get some uh, nutrition recipes from our general on-ramp is 499 That's six one-on-one training sessions. And then we start putting them in classes. And I think this is really critical after they've gone over the movement that's in the class. Excuse me. So we wouldn't put someone in a class that has a deadlift when we haven't covered the deadlift in the on-ramp. And so we're progressing them through the on-ramp as they're learning new movements. So 
It'll be like, hey, Sally, Wednesday's dead list. We're not going to do that for you, but we got something on Thursday or Friday that goes over yep. the, the press that we just learned. So why don't we sign you up for Friday? Yep. And if we have someone in the on-ramp that has come in and has some barbell experience, we can make our on-ramp modular in it like, you know... John, we're in the middle of a power clean block. We don't usually do power cleans until session four. This is session three, and I'd like to get you in the class. So we're just going to flip-flop session three and session four, and we're going to cover power clean today so that I can get you in class on Thursday. And then we'll revisit body weight stuff next week. So we can do little shifts like that when we're making those assist assessments to make sure that that athlete is getting the exposure to classes that they're looking for. And the class the class piece essentially reinforces what they just learned in the on-ramp. Yep. Yeah. So we break people up in class two. Again, going back to controlling logistics, we limit the amount of people moving with a barbell. So if we have 12 people in class, we try to keep it to only six moving at a time. We, we're very strategic about pairing people up. We have a tight-knit community, so people love to do that anyways. Another component to that is when we have somebody on the on-ramp, the on-ramp coach is texting the coach that's coaching the class that that on-ramp person is going to and saying, hey, John's new. They're coming in today. This is where they are on their on-ramp. So that coach knows that this person's new. They know confidently they have gone through the movement patterns, but it's also a, a friendly face and whatnot coming through the gym door that you know, like, oh, I know this coach is knowing I'm coming. So it must make them feel a lot more comfortable than just doing some private training and then just being thrown into group because yeah. they've already been integrating into that throughout the entire process. Yeah, we actually control it so much so we don't let people register for classes while they're in the on-ramp. The, the coach does it for them the entire time. Awesome. And so what what percentage of your revenue comes from not group training, not that $200 a month unlimited group class? I'd have to look at my metrics specifically, but somewhere around 40 to 45%. It flexes a little bit just depending upon where we're on our, our um, semi-private, but we do, we do a significant volume of our revenue. We hit, we typically have a reoccurring revenue of membership of between 21 and 23,000. And then we're, we're averaging 45 to 48. And then we've gone over 50 several times last year. And that like, that 20 mark, that recurring piece, which if I had to guess, the average CrossFit gym is probably doing between zero and 15% of revenue coming from non-group uh, training yeah. sources. And so that's substantial. Like that's the difference between, uh, you know, paying the bills and maybe having a couple thousand every month to tuck in your back pocket to like being able to make decent money from a gym. Yeah. So I'm sure there's gym owners in similar situation, you know, in that 20 marks hearing this and say, this sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm in. You had COVID as a forcing function that kind of like, you know, push people into this. But mm -hmm. if you were coaching a gym owner on how to implement this into their business now, mm -hmm. and it sounds like you're having those conversations. Yep. Just had one today. Yeah. So what are you telling them to do? So the person that I talked to today was considering kind of flipping their model from group completely to semi-private. And I wouldn't do that in the beginning. They, they really needed to double down on kind of their on-ramp and start to sell hybrids coming out of your on-ramp. And at that stage dependent upon the logistics that you have and the space you have, you might just be able to double down on that. Like that's a great offer. One of the reasons we had to do hybrid or excuse me, semi-private is we just don't have the space to run multiple coaches. To go back to, to like what we have on our reoccurring monthly revenue, one of the really cool things is my payroll is just under 30K a month. So I'm paying my coaches 
and a whole bunch of coaches to be able to do all this. So we really had to be strategic, like in the sense of we have to put multiple people in, in this session, or we're not going to be able to continue to do that. If you have a little bit more space, then you can start to run those two-on-ones, three-on-ones coupling with your classes. Cause the CrossFit community is not going to want to go away from that group class. And I totally get that. I love that. But if you want to increase that accountability, you want to meet people where you are, you want to have that length of engagement go up. We know those one-on-one relationships are critical with that. So 30,000 a month, that's a, that's a spicy payroll number. That's mm-hmm. a, that's more than the average gym owner does in top line based mm-hmm. off of our numbers. Uh, so you, it sounds like you're providing people with uh, some real careers here. Maybe, maybe break down how many people work for the gym and uh, sure. what, what they do. Yeah. So, so I work uh, as uh, I just do semi privates and I do a couple of private training. I don't do any group class coaching, which kind of stinks because I really like that, but I moved out of the way for some other coaches to make a career. Then next and I would be Jonathan. He's our operations manager. He also runs our on-ramp program. Um, he does a lot of our day-to-day um, interaction on, on GLM and things of that nature. Um, but he also you know, make sure things are flowing. He, he coaches both classes, semi, or excuse me, all three classes, semi-private and the hybrid. Then we have a nutrition coach, um, who handles about 30 clients a month there. Plus she runs the bulk of our semi-privates. We have another coach who we built a physical therapy program together. We have a tiny little office there. So, um, I brought him on uh, about four years ago, built that practice out. I, I sold it to him this past this past summer. He's our head coach. He does all of our coaches development. He does all of our programming, our programming son in house, does some one-on-one training, then runs his physical therapy practice. And then we have one more coach um, that we consider full-time. So all those people that I've talked about are full-time. Um, and he does similar as Jonathan in that he does group classes, semi-privates, and a, he does a lot of our, our two-on-ones and three-on-ones. Um, and then we have two bench coaches with a third that just went out on maternity leave. So three full-time, two part-time. Myself, John, uh, Anna, Tyler, and so five five people that their sole income comes from us. Okay. Yeah. And then you said two two bench coaches with a, with, yeah. which, with a third. With a third who on, just on went maternity on leave. maternity leave, yeah. Yeah, normally record these earlier in the day. The brain's moving yeah, a little man. slower. So <laughs> I hear <laughs> Yeah. We're, we're trying here. All right, so... Yeah, that that is insane. So out of seventeen hundred usable square feet, you got five people eating off of that. Yeah. And so you're saying if you're a gym owner, this sounds good, don't pivot. Don't don't completely change your model. Just slowly filter in maybe a semi private block, mm-hmm. sell that out, add another semi private block, sell that out. And then at what point do you incorporate the hybrid? So I think it, it really depends. The, the folks I talked to today, I actually suggest that they, they start with the hybrid first. If you're going to start with a semi-private and the way the rules that we have at our space <clears throat> that are in our SOPs is you need to find three people within the group that want what you are talking about before we can even talk. Like you, they bring me an idea of like, oh, I want to do this. I'm like, that's awesome. This is the expectation of how we roll it out in our email list. The first step, though, is you need to tell me three people that are that are good for this. So you're starting with that before you're before you're throwing all your eggs in the basket and just throwing this errant this errant offering out there. Because then, as far as we go, you only need one more 
So we have a, a, a limit of a program of four. If you can't get four, we don't run the program for a semi-private. And so you only have to get one after that. And so we have kind of these checkpoints of like, if you can't get three, I'm not going to run that through our, our really curated email list. We're not going to run that through our groups and things like that. So there's a, there's a little bit of a push for the coaches that want to do that. And that would be my suggestion too. Like, and the reason I do that is I want you talking to the athletes to find out what they want. I don't want you to say, oh, you need this. It's like, understand what their goals are, understand what they want. How can you provide that? So back to the value thing, like, how can I solve your problem and not create one and try to solve it there? So that's what I, that's what I would tell people. They're coming into that semi-private or that hybrid conversation. So with five full-timers, there's probably a decent element, uh, uh, probably some management going on there. Mm -hmm. uh, how many hours a week are you working in the gym? So as far as the management goes, I put Jonathan in place about eight months ago to run our operations. And that significantly decreased the amount of time, um, which was strategic in that that's when I came on board you know, working with two brains. So it was, it was really great to be able to focus on the mentorship side of things. As far as inside of the gym, not including some of the private training that I do, probably 10, 10 hours a week. And that, to be honest, is by choice. I really like creating emails. I really like curating our list. I, I do our social media. Like I, I like to do that stuff. I really enjoy doing the no sweat intros and the goal reviews. If I decided to not do them, my... Jonathan and Brandon would have the bandwidth to take up on. So I'm choosing to do everything I do in the gym currently, I'm choosing to do. And how much uh, actual coaching are you doing? Then? So I do, um, I do four semi-private training sessions. And then I do maybe a total of six private training sessions addition to that in the week. And the the three people that I train in there are small business owners. And that's why I train them. Because we talk about small business stuff and we you, talk you about things like that. And yeah, it's like, and I love those people. They've been with me forever, but I haven't taken a new private trading client in man, at least a year. Yeah, Brian Bott, who's the other guy who runs semi-private small yeah. group in Two Brain, he 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 has a handful of choice private training yep. clients as well, and uh, I know some of them. They're like some of the most successful people in that entire area. Yeah, and it's crazy what type of a network you can build up off of a small gym like that uh, if you if you get into the right crowds. It's really cool. Yeah, I I enjoy that, and that's the way those the two semi-privates that I coach, the separate ones. Um, that's the same same thing. Like they're. They're people that I really just like being around and I, I truly enjoy doing that. So I get to do it. It's cool. So it's about 10 sessions and 10 hours a week of non-coaching work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And it's the stuff you like doing. So, you you know, it sounds 20 hours. We'll mm -hmm. probably call it 25 because they're shifting and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, task switching and all that going on. Yeah. The payroll sounds pretty substantial, but uh, are you able to pocket more than 100000 in net order benefit oh, from yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no problem with that. We... um. We wouldn't have uh, brought Jonathan on as when we did. And to be honest, the I mean, I've had three full-time coaches for a couple of years now. So yeah, we're, we're doing just fine there. And so what is, how are you thinking about what to do next? Are you just enjoying having the single gym? You know, a lot of talks in these meetups is taking over the world and, right. and buying all the real estate in your city or opening a hundred gyms, uh, 
I sometimes think that may not be the best approach for uh, every single gym owner on the planet. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, how are you thinking about where to go next? Because it sounds like you're in a good spot. Yeah. So as far as like opening gyms, so I own um, half of another one, and that was a former coach who who um, left us about a year ago to to buy out this other gym, and I helped him with the evaluation. Um, so as far as as increasing our footprint, if I had another coach that wanted to open a facility, then I would invest in them. I would not open another one just in my my area. We have a, a great spot that the area that we're located. There's almost zero commercial space. We certainly don't have any warehouse space. The my space is a converted uh, real estate office or something like that. It, it's it's uh, it's challenging to get quality space in our area. My moving forward, I really enjoy acquisitions and talking people through that and and looking into investments around small businesses. The real estate wise, I could see doing a a short-term rental or so and and potentially my commercial building. I have first right of refusal on it. Um, I'd have to get real crafty because it's a pretty big building and I live in an expensive county. Um, So I, I would take something like that on, but I don't have the desire to to pivot heavy in that regard. So it's more on the the business side. Um, I'm spending a lot more time on the the two brain mentorship team, which I've really enjoyed. And so, um, yeah, just kind of see where that takes me. So it sounds like the business is going well. Uh, rumor has it you're doing some crazy stuff personally with uh, your extra free time. Uh, <laughs> uh, you have some 50K rucks or races or what, yep. what What do you got going on this year that you're planning for? Yeah. So, I mean, um, historically, I've been a, a mountain runner. So I've run oh, six or seven uh, 50K races, but I've done i enjoy the unsupported mountain stuff so circumnavigating mount hood saint helens the enchantments things like that and so i tend to plan big big things like that to spend a lot of time in the mountain and that takes a lot of training so i've incorporated rucking in and so some weeks i'll ruck 25 or 30 miles and and when i'm when i have calls where i'm just the listening piece then i just ruck with them or when I, I do a lot of staff conversations, staff evaluations with rucks. I bought three of my staff members rucks as presents throughout the year and things like that. And so I get to get some extra fitness in, get to be outside, and it's getting me ready for, for the adventures that are coming in this year. What, what are those? So uh, first up, we have a 30K mountain race on Mount Hood, uh, which is going to be in the beginning part of July. We'll see if snow allows that. Uh, and then that really starts to dig into what the year is. I'll absolutely run around St. Helens again, which is 33 miles. And then I'll do an out and back of the Enchantments, which is another 30 miles. And then I'll decide if I want to actually schedule a race towards the fall. I enjoy the unsupported bigger distance more than than the supported one. So I don't mind the race. Like I like racing. I just like the the aspect of you're out in the middle of nowhere and the only thing that's going to get you back is your feet. Like there, there's no aid stations and none of like, so I really Sounds enjoy horrifying. that. I love that. It's just, that's, uh, that's what I like to do. I'm from Florida. I've seen like three mountains ever. <laughs> so, you know, the, all the, all this is news to me. I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to rock, but that sounds insane. And, and you're a family man too, right? I am. Yeah. You, you have, uh, I have a few kids, a yep, kid, two kids. So my daughter, uh, Mabel, she's going to turn eight. Mabel and I have the same birthday. Nope. So she turns eight in February. Uh, and then my son Cole will turn five in May. Cause, uh, 
not every gym owner goes into gym life to be uh, a slave to their gym. You know, we, we talk to way too many people in two brain who are doing every single class, working 60 plus hour weeks, making, mm-hmm. you know, not enough money for the hours they're putting in. You know, it seems like you're at the, the end, uh, you're at the end point, you know, you're, you're towards the, the top of the mountain here to, to use a mountain, uh, mm-hmm. analogy for you. Um, how how are you balancing you know your your rucking and your races and the gym and your side projects and your family like do you have a system for thinking about all of this or uh... not so much thinking about that but I, we have systems in place at the gym that allow me to be a little bit more flexible with the, with the time like we have we've had a CRM since the beginning that since we started we had we had one uh, previous to GLM that that worked okay the the GLM one that we're using now works really well and and really digging in with that right in the beginning and and taking out a lot of the initial things that you need to do is critical having a staff playbook so that like I'm not at the gym a lot or if I am I'm in my office talking to other gyms around the country or around the world for that matter, my staff needs to know how to do X, Y, and Z. If a, if a new person comes in or what the expectations are for a two-on-one or a semi-private or one classes. So having those things really in order allows me to have the flexibility to say, oh, I, I feel like going for a ruck today. Um, and that doesn't mean I'm, I'm absent of stress. You know, I mean, you're a small business owner and you still bear you know, all the responsibility, but having those systems in place um, helps a lot. And so you talked about the importance of systems. You, you got a, you got diversified revenue. You talk about consultative selling. You talk about bright spots, all these best practices. You talk to a decent amount of gym owners now, and, and you, you got a good finger on the pulse of what people are dealing with. It sounds like you're having conversations with CrossFit HQ, um, which, you know, in the two-brain realm, you're probably dealing with more business-oriented people than the CrossFit at large. Yeah. You know, just based off of your 10,000-foot view of what you're seeing, what are kind of one or two things that the average gym owner, you, you change about the average gym owner if they wanted to impact both the revenue and the, the time they're working. Yeah. I mean, the big one I think is, is the no sweat intro. It amazes me how many, how many gyms, and I'll speak specifically for CrossFit ones, just cause I, you know, I went to the, the affiliate gathering and, and led a couple of the big breakout sessions and, and the people that are still doing free trials and not learning about their people that right there, I think is, is, can make a huge impact on on, um, on people. And then there's, there's, it kind of depends on where you are in your journey and, and things like that. You know, having someone to talk to, like finding a mentor, finding someone that can say, do this, do this now. And then when you meet with them in two weeks or a month or whatever your cadence is, they can say, okay, how come a, you didn't do this or Hey, you killed it. Let's celebrate this. As a small business owner and as an entrepreneur, there's a really small set of the population you can celebrate your wins with, right? Like profit still is kind of an ugly word in places, but getting involved with people that recognize everything that goes in to get that $1 of profit is huge. And surrounding yourself with that um, is is really like dumping gas on the flame. So Dan, this has been very helpful. Where would people go if they wanted to follow along in your journey, find out a little bit more about you? I mean, easiest place is just Instagram. It's just Perrington at Woods Lawn. Um, or I, I would follow my, my, my Woods Lawn Fitness account. We post a lot more in there. I mostly just post pictures of 
grilling over the fire, playing with my kids on my private That's page. content I want on my feed. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. This is great. And uh, for the listeners listening, uh, like I said in the beginning, we are at the Tinker Meetup in Dallas. This is Two Brain's highest level group. You get to be around guys like Dan who are doing cool things, testing new models, living living a good life. Uh, the environment is electric. And uh, you know he talked about having a mentor, but there's also something to be said, just putting yourself in a room with gym owners like this, having these conversations conversations and just being able to network uh, because I, I'm sure you probably agree once you get to a certain point, the decision tree, the options you have that you can make of what to do next uh, become a lot more convoluted and a mm-hmm. lot wider. And uh, I think this phase is where people make a lot of the most expensive mistakes. Like once you get here, yeah, uh, you just have more problems you can get yourself into, more landmines you can step on. So getting in the right room with the right people to stop you from from shooting yourself in the foot or doing anything crazy is really important. So sorry to take you away from the group for 45 minutes here, but I appreciate it. I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of value out of this. Awesome. It's good talking to you.